On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla makes major changes to Model 3's options, including a brand new, cheaper option in the form of a mid-range battery. Plus, a new Senate bill could renew the federal EV tax credit for Tesla. The million-mile Model 3 motor gets one step closer to reality. Elon Musk gets a wake-up call about service coverage and much more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey with another action-packed episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for October 21st, 2018. This is episode 168. I am alongside, of course, Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who is casually looking out the window. She's not asleep yet. We'll see how long into the show it takes her to pass out tonight. Uh, Well, what a hectic, crazy, amazing, fun week of Tesla news. I tell you, I had the show all set to go, or at least, you know, I I had it in a place where I could have recorded it if nothing else happened. After Wednesday night, I spent some time on it, as I do pretty much every night, and I thought, okay, well, I'm set to go. We'll see what happens tomorrow, meaning Thursday, and then just, I always check in Friday before I record, and then the the sky fell (laughs) in a good way on Thursday in the form of just an absolute bombshell. I want to start there. And that is, if you have not already heard, major changes made to the Model 3 design studio. I'm going to sum it up, and then I'll go into each thing one by one, and we'll talk about it. So to sum up, a new mid-range battery pack option is now available on Model 3. That's the big one. Also, the ultra-white interior is now available on any Model 3 trim. And the other big one, the third part of this, is that the full self-driving option is no longer available as a prepaid option. You cannot pre-order it, prepay it for $3,000. So, starting with the big one, the mid-range battery pack. This absolutely came out of nowhere. Uh, I certainly didn't see this coming. I don't think anybody saw this coming as the wait for the standard battery has continued. The site uh, now showing four to six months, which puts it in the February to April or so range. Now, those plans do not appear to be impacted. The site still shows right on the the design studio with the mid-range battery pack option that standard battery will be available in four to six months. Now, if you're wondering, well, Is this an actual mid-range pack as far as the cell count goes? Or is is Tesla doing something they've done before, which is software lock a larger battery pack? Is this the long-range pack software locked? And the answer is no. It is its own native battery pack. Uh, According to Elon on Twitter, quote, it's a long-range battery with fewer cells. The non-cell portion of the pack is disproportionately high, but we can get it done now instead of about February. So this this new lower-priced option, you do still have to buy the premium interior, but nevertheless, it is $4,000 cheaper of an option. It starts, this is a, so the the base price of the Model 3 now starts at $45,000 before any tax incentives. So that is uh, the 
260 mile range battery pack. You're probably wondering, well, what's the what's the range on the mid-range pack? There it is. 260 mile range. So almost exactly between the standard batteries range and the long range batteries range, pretty much splitting the difference there, which would lead me to believe just purely guessing, not that it really matters per se, but just as a, you know, I'm curious as, as a thought exercise, well, how big is the pack? The long range pack is about 75 kilowatts. So this one and the, the standard range pack has always been theorized to be 50 or 55. This is probably a 60 kilowatt hour pack or so. That's just me guessing based on what we know. Uh, I don't have any inside information on that, but the zero to 60 time, 5.6 seconds, which is the same as what the standard batteries zero to 60 time has been announced as with the same top speed as well. 125 miles an hour on this one, as opposed to 145 on the dual motor and 155 on the performance model three with the performance package. Now you may be able, if, if you're, if this is something that appeals to you and pushes you over the edge, maybe you were waiting for standard battery and this, you think, oh, all right, I can stretch out a little bit and do this as opposed to, uh, you know, maybe you couldn't stretch out for the long range. If you order quickly, you might, and I want to very clearly emphasize might be able to catch the full federal tax credit. I'm sure Tesla will do everything they can. They did have a, a, a note on their design studio for a minute, a hot minute that said, hey, if you order now, you'll, you're, you're pretty well guaranteed the federal tax credit. That verbiage is no longer on there. But as I record, or at least as this mid-range pack was announced on October 18th, and I record here on the 19th, I mean, you may still get it. It shows a six to 10 week delivery window for the mid-range battery pack. So you can't, you can't order it with full confidence knowing that you'll get the 30, pardon me, the $7,500 federal tax credit, but you've probably got a shot at it. Particularly, I would think if you're in California or, or close to one of the major hubs for Tesla, you know, one of the major service centers or delivery hubs. But uh, the other thing that's changing here is uh, the long range pack will now only be available as an exclusively dual motor pack. Uh, Elon tweeting, Model 3 long range rear wheel drive is still available for ordering off menu for another week or so. And, and he mentions full self-driving in that same boat. So again, let me explain that. Again, the long range Model 3s are now exclusively being sold as dual motor vehicles. The only rear wheel drive Model 3, and in fact, uh, the only rear wheel drive Tesla that the company is currently making is this brand new mid-range battery Model 3. Uh, there's no dual motor option on mid-range. So the mid-range is exclusively rear-wheel drive. Long-range is exclusively all-wheel drive. That will certainly simplify production for Tesla, uh, which, as we know, is, is always something that they are trying to do. So why? Why is, is certainly the big question here. It had a lot of people uh, chatting about it on, online uh, when this was just surprisingly announced by Elon and Tesla. I think that this is a short-term profitability push for Q4 and for Q1. Basically, because those are the times before 
Tesla will be able to actually realize any revenue from standard range cars. So in other words, because no standard range cars will actually be delivered for all intents and purposes, probably until Q2, uh, or if not, maybe the tail end of Q1. But so this is, this is, I think a stopgap. I don't know my, my, it's tough to tell if this is going to be a permanent option in the Model 3 lineup. Uh, it leads me to believe it's temporary simply because of Elon's uh, quote about the construction of the pack itself, that it's not sort of a native designed pack. Like basically he's, he's saying in not so many words that they kind of, you know, threw this together and to get it done quickly while the standard range pack is still uh, is still in the works, um, so I got to figure this may push some some anxious reservation holders who've been waiting for two and a half years now, as well as as well as other folks who are wanting that standard range battery. This is probably going to nudge some of those folks to spend a little bit more to get the mid range. Two hundred sixty miles of range is nothing to sneeze at. That is a pretty impressive range. To put that in perspective, that is as much range as the 75D, the the baseline uh, base trim Model S that's, you know, 70 something thousand dollars. So 200 and range is king. We know that. You've heard me say that before. At least that's my opinion. 260 miles of range is is absolutely nothing to sneeze at. So, um, you know, the fact that, that Tesla actually put together a new hardware pack for this, as I mentioned, rather than software locking the long-range pack, which probably wouldn't have made sense from a margin perspective with Model 3 specifically. You know, they've done it with SNX, but just because of the greater volume of Model 3. It's probably a trick that they can't really get away with, fiscally speaking, at a greater volume. But anyway, th- this whole thing... Uh, may also suggest maybe that Tesla could build the standard range packs today. The fact that they they put this thing together, that they could do standard range packs, but maybe they're just not yet ready to realize a decent profit on them if they were to do so. And so that's what this is. This is an effort to get a little bit more money out of some, you know, out of the folks waiting for the standard range, or, or maybe let's call them fence sitters, for lack of a better term, and I and I use that term not derisively in any way. Just people that are that are kind of on the fence, like you know, should I? Am I waiting for standard battery? You know, this this uh, option could certainly tempt a number of folks. Um, I, I as I said, I'm completely shocked by this. This was this was a, a huge bit of news dropping this week, but I do think it's a great thing to be. Crystal clear. I think this is fantastic. And here's why. It gives customers more choices. And not only more choices is a good thing, but just a lower barrier to entry for Tesla, a lower priced option. $45,000 rather than $49,000. $4,000 is a lot of money. I mean, that's basically, that's about, not quite 10%. It's about 8 or so percent that Tesla just knocked off of the the floor of the Model 3's pricing structure. And yeah, you don't quite uh, get as much much battery for that as you do in the long range, but again, 260, nothing to sneeze at. So um, I I think, uh, again, on the choice front, so you, you've now got long range, middle range, uh, mid range rather, 
or keep waiting another four to six months for that standard range. It is coming. I do think now that there is one, one way we can look at this, one change I think will come from this. Previously, Tesla had shown, had, had suggested on their, the materials on their website that the standard battery would be available, if not immediately at some point, that it would be available in a dual motor option, that you could buy a dual motor standard range battery. But the fact that the, sta- the uh, mid-range is not available with dual motor, that leads me to believe that the standard range, when it does come, is probably not going to have a dual motor option with it. Uh, that's, that's, that's my interpretation of it. I reserve the right to be wrong, as always. But we shall see. Again, I think this is fantastic news, huge news here. But we're not done. Remember, I mentioned a couple of other things. So what did Elon mean about the full self-driving thing? I mentioned at the top. Full self-driving can no longer be prepaid, can no longer be ordered with the car for $3,000. Elon said, quote, it was causing too much confusion. I don't, I'm not saying he's lying, but I personally doubt that's the driving reason behind this. Um, So I think there, there was a lot of confusion in the community about why this move was made. Why can you no longer do the $3,000 prepay for this? Some people thought, well, was it a Department of Justice thing with the government kind of sniffing around, uh, you know, not happy with Elon after the, the settlement with the, the uh, SEC? You know, is this a thing where they're, the government's saying, hey, this is a thing that you're selling, but you're not delivering, so cut it out? That is possible. I certainly acknowledge that. But I, am, I have a bit more of a, I don't want to necessarily call it optimistic because I don't want to say that someone who holds the latter uh, the aforementioned belief there is pessimistic, but anyway, I my view on it is this: I suspect that the uptake on the three thousand dollar full self driving prepay was probably pretty low because the 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 status at Tesla now is every dollar counts right now for Tesla. You've seen it with the with the Q3 push; they're continuing it now. Uh, that's what this mid-range is all about, is, is realizing more revenue. So why would you get rid of something unless people just weren't going for it? So I suspect the uptake was very low, and thus what they're doing is trading a few negligible short-term dollars for the, the, the seemingly low percentage of people that would order the car with full self-driving prepaid, and they're instead going to uh, not have any headache on their hands with with selling something that's not ready. And then when it is ready, they'll just charge everyone the $5,000 activation price, except for these, you know, the existing group of people that have prepaid. So that is what I think they're doing. They're, they're trading a bit of short-term revenue for more long-term revenue when the time comes. Uh, it is worth noting as Bonnie Norman, a uh, friend, pointed out on Twitter, you actually, you can still order it. You can still get that full self-driving, but it's through your My Tesla. You've got to, you've got to go in there, uh, and it is $5,000. So it's, there's no way to order it with the car 
for three grand. So that is that is definitely a big change there. And then uh, I'm not done. There's uh, actually there's three other things. And I said there were three things. Turns out there were three major things, but some other stuff. So the the third big thing I mentioned. White interior, now available on all Model 3 trims, including the mid-range. So if you recall, when white interior finally, finally showed up back in the design studio in May alongside the Performance Model 3, it was always a quote-unquote timed exclusive, to use the term that, that we use in the video game world. So... At that time, when it was it was originally only available with the performance cars, because Elon said they only had enough parts to do about a thousand white interiors per week, and they would, you know, as that ramp progressed on the on the white interior components, they would roll it out to more cars. Well, as you know, they rolled it out to the dual motor cars very quickly, and as up until this week, it was not available on the long range, the standard long range. I shouldn't say standard, the the rear-wheel drive long-range battery Model 3. Well, now it is available on everything, So, and the, the news gets a little bit better. The price is cut from $1,500 for white to $1,000 for the white interior option. So if you are interested in the white interior, it will cost you uh, 33% less than it did last week. There's one other oddity that I wanted to point out in the design studio uh, with those changes this week, and that is this. The Performance Model 3 now shows a 0 to 60 time of 3.3 seconds, which if you were, I don't want to, I don't want to, I guess a little, 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 little humble brag here. If you go way back to my earliest predictions of what I thought the performance would be on the Performance Model 3... Uh, I said 3.3 seconds because I th- I think I half-jokingly said, oh, you know, that whole power of three thing where just our culture seems to be sort of fixated on the, the, the number three for many uh, various cultural uh, reasons. You know, you've got Model 3 with a 300-mile range and the performance could have a 0 to 60 time of 3.3 seconds. Well, here we go. That That day has arrived it is now rated at 3.3 seconds. So my big question is certainly, is everything the same? And they're just measuring that time with a one-foot rollout now as, as uh, like Motor Trend and some of these uh, media publications in, in the car world do. Or is there a software update coming to uncork a bit of extra power, which if you remember way back, again, back to that same May window when I was having those uh, back and forth with Elon about the the performance car right after it was uh, finally unveiled, Elon had told me in in a conversation uh, that they might be able to get more power out of the P3D. So I am obviously hoping that there will indeed be an update, whether it's purely over the air or whether I would have to visit a service center to get any any sort of hardware or other up-close-and-personal tweak. But uh, I did ask Elon. I attempted to get an answer from him on Twitter twice, in fact, that night, which I didn't catch him right when he was tweeting, so it's always a kind of a... It's a crapshoot anyway, but especially if I'm tweeting at him 
not right in the moment and when he's probably still online. But tonight, just before I recorded this, I tweeted him again because I did catch him. Like I caught him tweeting two minutes ago. So I, I sent the question again and I have the, the tab open in my browser in case he replies to me during the recording of the show. He has not done so as of yet. So that leads me to believe that he either hasn't seen my tweets, which is entirely possible. I don't want to be so bold as to say he sees all of my tweets because that's not necessarily the case. The guy gets thousands upon thousands of tweets all the time. But it's either it's either the he hasn't seen it option. Well, it's not either, but the, the, the probably the, the best chances, the highest probability is either he hasn't seen it, he hasn't seen my question, or uh, it's also relatively probable that he did see it and the answer is it's a it's a measurement issue and the the actual performance of the car is unchanged. I mean, I again, I told you with Draggy, the uh, which doesn't measure with rollout, I get 3.49 seconds. So, um I don't know. I'm I'm definitely obviously having an, a vested interest in learning the answer to that question and hopefully some way somehow I'll be able to find out what's going on with that between, hopefully, between now and next week's show, or if I'm really, really lucky, before I finish recording this. One last thing on this topic. Again, huge, just crazy week here. The return policy, which has been talked about, which has been mentioned, which Elon has, has thrown out there on Twitter a few times, the return policy is now official. I wanted to read you the official wording from Tesla's site. Quote, the standard return period is one calendar day after delivery. If you have taken delivery of your vehicle without ever having taken a test drive or, uh, or test or demo drive with us, we understand that you may want additional time to get to know your vehicle. In that case, you will have three calendar days after delivery to return your vehicle subject to the terms and conditions of this policy. So, I think, yet again, talking about great news this week, I'm really fired up about what Tesla's doing this week. I think this is great. This is absolutely great. They have enough, uh, they have enough confidence in their product that they can say, hey, bring it on back if, you, uh, if you're not satisfied. You know, they, I think they have every reason to be confident that they won't see very many people take them up on this return option at all. So... Again, mid-range battery, cheaper white interior option. It's crazy this week. If all of this is sounding good to you and you do plan to order, whether it's this, whether it's the mid-range or any other Tesla, uh, please again, one, one, once, one more time, allow me to humbly ask you to use my referral code. Get yourself that $100 supercharging credit, which should last you again a year or so, depending on how much long distance driving you plan to do with the car. Use my referral code when you order. And as for me, as I've told you, I am going for the impossible dream, trying to get the next generation Tesla Roadster, which takes 55 referrals to get to. Uh, thanks to all, of, thanks to you guys, uh, those of you that have used it so far, I'm off to, there's still a long, long climb to go, but it, it's the, the, the rate at which you guys are supporting me is uh, making me think it, it's possible. It is, so I'm sitting at, at 26 of the 55 right now, 
So that is that is a really great start. So I humbly ask you uh, for do get the hundred dollar credit for yourself, the supercharging credit for yourself. And uh, if you wouldn't mind using my referral code, help me get one one step closer. And like I said, I I absolutely promise I will drive it across the country <laughs> and show it to to any and all of you who who come see me. Uh, should that impossible dream come true? So that referral code. I give it every week, but just to give it to you so it's handy, it's ts.la slash Ryan73014. So that's, you type that into your browser. That will take you to the design studio where you can choose which Tesla you want to order. And it'll say, hey, this this is Ryan's referral code. Here's your $100 credit. Go ahead and order your car. It's pretty straightforward. I've typed it in myself just to see what what the process actually looks like. So, uh, or again, if you're if you're speaking to a if you're buying it at a Tesla store, you can just give that code Ryan seven three zero one four to your sales advisor. But ts.la slash Ryan seven three zero one four. All right, that's enough uh, plugging. Let for now. Let's move on to the rest of the Tesla news this week. And everything definitely takes a back seat to that mid-range Model 3. But here we go. The million-mile motor has long been a goal of Tesla's. And in fact, the Model 3 was very much designed specifically with that in mind. The permanent magnet motor uh, built for efficiency, built for durability. And Tesla appears to be very much on their way to officially having achieved that. I don't know what the, uh, the longest... The, 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 the odometer with the highest reading is in the world on a Model 3. I doubt it's a million miles yet, but what Tesla has done is accomplish it in a lab. So Tesla saying on their official Twitter account, quote, the Model 3 drive system is designed and validated for over 1 million miles. This is what the gears look like after testing. And they posted a picture of the gears inside the motor. And I kid you not, I am not being a Tesla fanboy here, they really look practically new. Like you, you would not look at this picture and look at these gears and go, oh yeah, those, that's clearly been around for a million miles. Like, nope, it looks really good, super clean, super new, looks great. So uh, it's this again, this has, been a, this has been a joyous, enthusiastic week, even more so than normal in the Tesla world. This is wonderful to see. And the thing is here, when you pair this with the historical data on Tesla battery degradation, which if you're not familiar with what I'm talking with what I'm talking about, there's been data that has been put together in the last couple of years that's showing the highest mileage Teslas that are that exist, which is mostly Model S's, I think maybe a Roadster or two in there as well, but mostly Model S's are showing really relatively very little battery capacity loss for the hundreds of thousands of miles that are on the cars. So again, pairing those two things, the, the, the integrity of the battery after a lot of miles and the integrity of the motor after a million mile test in the lab, it shows that these cars really do seem not only built to do a million miles, or let's say, let's say built to last a very, very long time, but actually able to do it, which is just phenomenal. And that should be comforting and, uh, and just a joyous thing for any of us that own Teslas that, you know, it should inspire confidence 
in you that your car is built for the long haul and that this this it really is uh, going to be a vehicle that you don't have to get rid of anytime soon, that you'll be able to keep it in your family for many, many, many years. Here's more good news this week uh, with, a, with a caveat that this isn't by any means done yet, but it's still great to see. A new Senate bill here in the United States could extend the federal tax credit for Tesla and for all electric vehicles by up to four years. This story comes via Reuters. I want to give them a shout out and read a a quick excerpt from their piece. They're reporting on this. Quote, Senator Dean Heller, who's a Republican, proposed legislation that would lift the current cap on electric vehicles eligible for tax credits. Heller's bill lifts the individual manufacturer cap, but would phase out the credit for the entire industry in 2022. GM has said it expects to hit the 200,000 threshold by the end of the year. Both GM and Tesla have lobbied Congress on the issue, according to federal disclosure reports and interviews with lawmakers. Tesla declined to comment. GM declined to comment on the Heller bill, but said it is important, quote, to provide a federal tax credit for consumers to help make electric vehicles more affordable for all consumers. GM uh, Chief Executive Mary Barra has called for lifting the cap. Well, this too is obviously big news. This has potentially enormous, enormous ramifications for Tesla should it pass. Because instead, not only would they no longer be at a competitive disadvantage with other companies making EVs, which Nissan, Chevy, pretty soon Porsche, and Audi at the very least. Uh, There's not only that side of it, but more importantly for you guys, for the listeners of this podcast, for people in the Tesla sphere, instead of all the standard battery customers getting maybe a half credit, maybe a quarter credit, maybe no credit, depending on when they're they're able to take delivery, all standard battery customers would get it. And of course, all other Tesla customers as well. Not, But again, I've, I've talked in the past how I feel the worst for the standard battery customers because they've not only had to continue to wait and wait and wait and wait, but the tax credit is now phasing out uh, without them, which is just, just it, that tears my heart out because these are people that just want a Tesla and they're, the standard battery is the car they're waiting for and they just can't, can't get the car to, in time to, to utilize the credit to its fullest extent. So uh, that's, that's who I'm thinking of the most when I when I root for this bill and hope that it it might happen. Now, the other, if you want to look a little further forward here, under this proposal, should it end up being law, this would extend to Model Y, which also has massive uh, implications for Tesla because there are already folks in my audience, there are already those of you who are waiting for Model Y. You want the the crossover SUV, and the Model Y is projected to do as much volume as the Model 3, possibly more. Obviously, it won't do that overnight, but it is expected to go into production 2021 or so, maybe maybe 2022, if the thing so. 
Model Y could even potentially benefit from this if it gets passed. So that is uh, that would be an incredible thing for all current and future Tesla, well, I guess not current necessarily, but future Tesla customers for sure. So as always, I encourage you to politely and respectfully, but decisively voice your opinion on this with your state representatives. Make your voice heard. Show your support for this bill if you if you agree with it, if you want to see it uh, become law. So in this case, we still, we need the bill to actually make it to the floor where it would be voted on. We're not there yet, but this would be great for Tesla themselves as a company, but more importantly, as I said, it would be great for Tesla customers, including so many of you out there that this, this could benefit. So rooting for this bill very much. Next item this week, the SEC settlement. This is a quick one that I talked about last week with Elon Musk uh, and his privatization tweets. Uh, that settlement, which was agreed to, has now been formally approved by a judge. Elon has 14 days to pay his fine and Tesla's respective $20 million fines, uh, which, by the way, he kind of made Tesla whole on that already. He's buying $20 million in stock, so he's <laughs> he's effectively making up for that fine that, that, that Tesla as a company, he still has his own personal $20 million fine to sort out. So uh, there is that. I, so I'm, I'm just glad to have this officially and legally bindingly behind us now so that not only Tesla, but all of us as Tesla enthusiasts, as Tesla owners, as Tesla fans can focus on the good things, the, the many, many good things that Tesla is doing and, and focus on the best way forward for Tesla without having this around as a distraction. A couple more things this week before I move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Elon uh, getting, by his own admission, a bit of a wake-up call with regard to service center coverage in the United States. He said on Twitter, quote, just reviewed Tesla's service locations in North America and realized we have major gaps in geographic coverage with an exclamation mark. Sorry for this foolish oversight. Tesla will aim to cover all regions of North America, not just big cities, within three to six months. Same goes for all countries within which we officially operate by the end of next year, meaning not which countries they're in by the end of next year, but they're going to try and get that coverage expanded in uh, global territories by the end of 2019. So... Here is your obligatory reminder that Elon time rules apply, but nevertheless, this again, this is wonderful to see, particularly for those of you in areas with these gaps. I hear, I've heard from plenty of you, so I, I know you're out there and and I, I empathize with you. I've had people write to me and say, hey, Ryan, should I even order this car because I don't have a service center in my state, you know, anywhere close to me, so... That's uh, I, I empathize with those folks who just who want to be a part of this, want to buy into Tesla and, and buy into the mission, but but have to think from a very practical perspective about for themselves and their families. And what if the car needs servicing and there are no service centers around? So good to see Tesla taking ownership of a, of a problem there and setting in motion a plan to fix it. Finally, this week. 
I just want to wrap up with a few Elon Musk tweets, just some sort of potpourri stuff here. I should really just have a segment called like the Musk Minute, where I just I just run through the random stuff he tweets about that's relevant to Tesla and to to uh, our interests here as Tesla fans. So uh, Elon saying, "quote uh, New Summon," which is Summon Plus, if you were to go look into it on the website, New Summon will use the autopilot cameras. So a better version of Summon on the way. I immediately thought, well, is this the kind of Knight Rider kit stuff that was mentioned forever ago where the car would actually come to pick you up if you were on private property? I don't know. That's a that's a really good question. But it, nevertheless, an improved version of Summon is being worked on that will utilize more of the presumably all of the autopilot cameras. Speaking of autopilot, he had this to say about the 3.0 autopilot chip that was mentioned at the shareholders meeting. He says it'll be about six months before it is in all new production cars. No change to the sensors. This, uh, this is a simple replacement of the autopilot computer. It'll be done free of charge for those who ordered full self-driving. So nothing new here at all, but, uh, I will say a lot of you who are going to get standard battery cars will probably end up with a 3.0 chip in your car. So a little nice little bonus there. You won't need any upgrade. And uh, finally this week, the Shanghai Gigafactory deal that I mentioned last week, well, that deal is done. So let's break ground and get this thing done soon. Let's get some cars going in China. Uh, China has, of course, one of the, the worst major city uh, pollution problems in, in the world. Uh, you know, the U.S. Is, certainly has its fair share, but China's issues are well known. So the, the more Teslas that we can start pumping into China, the better for the company, the better for, for the people there, and the better for the world at large. So great news on that Shanghai Gigafactory deal closing. And now we can look forward to hopefully the beginning of construction very, very soon. All right, I've been talking for a while but a lot of exciting, fun stuff to go over. Now it's your turn to talk. I'm going to take a quick, like, five-second musical interlude here, what I call the bumper, and we'll get to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Your call's coming up right after this. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where I get to hear from you guys with your excellent comments, questions, discussion topics, and yes, Daisy the Boxer Puppy is now passed out on the couch in that adorable puppy way as only a puppy can. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm jealous of her right now. I'm going to join her in about mm, an hour and a half or so after I'm done with this. But for now, it's Ride the Lightning Hotline time. If you have got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I sincerely encourage you to participate. I love hearing from you guys. One of two simple ways that you can call in, either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and just email me that file. Uh, The email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. So you can do that again. Please keep your question to minute, minute and a half. That would be great. Uh, Or the same minute or minute and a half question can get uh, called in via the Ride the Lightning hotline, which is a toll-free number. You just call in and leave your message. Leave the question. That's all you got to do. That number is 
1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. You know what's coming next. The plug. If you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more, because they, of course, kindly provide the infrastructure for that Ride the Lightning hotline. So thank you to you guys. And let's get to Rob in Toronto who has a question about shopping for pre-owned Teslas. Let me see if I can help. Rob. Hi, Ryan. It's Rob calling from Toronto, Ontario. Ryan, I love your show. Really enjoy listening to your news and particularly the questions and answers from your, your listeners. I'm seriously considering buying a pre-owned Tesla. I'm looking at options for 2013, 2014, or 2015 models. And what I'm trying to understand better is, am I missing out on anything by buying a certain model year? For example, were there any significant improvements in ride quality or in road noise insulation or in uh, software adaptability? I'm particularly interested in knowing if the uh, new versions of software are equally um, adaptable to the various model years. Uh, oh, sorry, but looking at buying a Model S. Thanks, Ryan. Well, these are all great questions, Rob, but I actually have to press pause on the podcast for a second. Actual breaking news rolled in as I was uh, piecing that, placing that call into the, into the show. So uh, you remember I was talking about the, uh, I was plugging my referral code earlier in the show. Well, Tesla just sweetened the pot a little bit. At least I think you'll probably look at it that way. Uh, instead of the $100 supercharging credit, the referral code will now give you six months of free unlimited supercharging. And again, that is still all new Teslas. So any S, any X, any three, including the new mid-range. So uh, that is instead of the $100 credit, six months unlimited uh, and Tesla noting, uh, I want to give Tesla Roddy the shout out here. My friend Gene, who posted this up, uh, they got confirmation from Tesla. A Tesla spokesperson confirms with Tesla Roddy that the new referral program update will also be made retroactive to customers that made a qualifying purchase between September 19th and October 19th. So in the last month. So if you are one of the awesome people that's already used my code, uh, well, now instead of the $100 credit, when you get your car, you're going to get these six months of free unlimited supercharging. So I uh, just wanted to quick pl- press pause and give you that information. And now back to Rob's question. So Rob from Toronto wondering what to look for when shopping for a 2013, 2014, or 2015 Model S. Well, Rob, these are all great questions. I am more than happy to do my best to help here. Software-wise, the entire fleet gets everything all, everything pertaining to a software update uh, other than the big one, which is autopilot stuff. So that is the first thing that I would point to with your question. Uh, autopilot debuted in September of 2014. That's when it first started appearing on Model S. So unless you can get a killer deal on a 2013 or early 2014 or maybe, you know, maybe you're a driver, I don't know, your driving habits, maybe you never drive on the highway and you don't have a lot of stop and go. You know, I'm not quite sure. I, I got to figure in Toronto, you're probably going to be spending time in traffic and on, on a motorway. But um, it, 
nevertheless, I, so I would, I really would suggest aiming for an autopilot one equipped car if you can. The other big hardware thing to point out though, just want to mention this, would be the ultrasonic parking sensors. They weren't always on the Model S. I'm not sure if people remember this. Uh, my cousin Pat has an early 2013, February 2013 build Model S. It has no parking sensors and certainly no autopilot hardware. It is the most analog Tesla that, <laughs> that, was, that was ever built other than the original Roadster. But uh, the, those parking sensors made their way into the Model S as part of the tech package, if you remember way back in the day. It, that was in mid-2013. So uh, the fact that the Model S is a pretty big car means you're probably going to want to have those ultrasonic parking sensors to help you out in a, in a tight parking garage or what have you. So be on the lookout for that. If you, you know, if you do find yourself looking at a 2013 car, but otherwise, uh, the 2015 car has different seats than the 2013 and, and also just lots and lots of little improvements made along the way. Uh, a lot of them under the hood that you don't see. So, uh, you know, cause that is, as you know, that's how Tesla works. They don't do traditional model years. So I suppose the short version of this for you, uh, Rob would be, and anybody else listening who might find themselves in this situation uh, would be, my advice would be aim for a 2015 if the price is right. And I don't know, you know, what your right price is. That's of course up for you to decide. But outside of that, I would say just try to get an autopilot one equipped car because it is very, very useful. I think you'll find that you use and like autopilot a lot. Uh, and, and though a listing on the, certainly on the Tesla site should mention autopilot, just for your information, the way to confirm that a car has autopilot one on it from the outside is if you're looking at the front of the car, you look under the nose cone to the little air intake kind of grill thing, again, on, under that nose cone on the front of the car, you will see a rectangle, a, a flat rectangle in the very, very center of that. That's a radar sensor for autopilot one. The, the non-autopilot -auto cars don't have that. It's just, a, it's just a, a plain, continuous grill. But the autopilot cars have that square bit in the middle of it. So that is the way to tell. Anyway, Rob, if you have additional questions, please feel free to email me uh, using the show address, and I would be more than happy to continue the conversation with you. Next up, we've got Matthias from Rochester Hills, Michigan, a first-time caller, uh, wants to make a, a bold prediction, I might add. So, Matthias, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Matt Vogel calling from Rochester Hills in Michigan. I'm a first-time caller and Model 3 owner. And the reason why I'm calling today is that I want to make a bold prediction about the Model Y reveal in March of next year. So, I'm predicting that within the first two weeks of the reveal that there will be one million pre-orders for the Model Y. And that's just based on the popularity of SUVs in general. And by that time, there will be more than 300,000 Model 3s on the road. So this is going to be spread like a wildfire. So that's my comment for the day. Love the show and keep up the good work. Bye. By the way, now that I'm listening to that again, let me know if I if I mispronounced your name there, I sincerely apologize. I had, I, had, I was... Have, had a tough time picking up what it was from the call. So I was going off the spelling from the email that you sent it to. So if I mispronounced, uh, please accept my sincere apologies. But nevertheless, I love that optimism. I love it. I'm not sure if I would bet with you or against you, if I'm being honest. Like, 
The Model 3 got up to around 450,000 reservations at its peak, at least as, as best we can tell. But you make great points, you know, that, that SUVs in general are more popular in the United States and that Tesla is going to have a lot more mindshare by next year compared to 2016 when the Model 3 was unveiled. And the Model 3 itself will be everywhere to for, for Tesla and other people to have something to point to. In other words, people can go, oh, yeah, it'll be like that, but in crossover SUV form. So it'll be interesting to see if Tesla even mentions a number publicly. I suppose if it's big enough, they will, because it'll be a confidence booster to their investors. But, you know, compared to back then, there's there's a lot more people looking to take information from Tesla and twist it the wrong way, too. So I'm sure they'll be mindful of that when it comes to uh, the Model Y reservation count. But great stuff. Let's go to Marlin in Sacramento, who uh, unfortunately had a disappointing delivery experience. Let's hear about it and see uh, see what, what sort of help or, or uh, discussion we can have here. Marlin, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Marlon uh, calling from Sacramento, California. Uh, love your show. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Uh, just wanted to take a few moments to uh, share my experience with my Tesla Model 3. Um, after spending uh, two and a half years uh, waiting for the car, I finally took delivery on uh, the September 28th. And I have to say that I was a bit, little bit uh, left disappointed. Um, first of all, the, just the delivery experience was very rushed. Um, one of the first things that I had noticed um, when I saw my car was that the front passenger door um, was badly misaligned. Um, it was difficult to close the door, um, and as a result, uh, it was actually coming in contact with, with various locations, which, which caused paint damage. Um, and because of my circumstances with selling my car and other stuff going on in my life, I ended up just having to take delivery. Um, now, Tesla was good about getting me into the service center, so I dropped my car off this morning. Uh, but then I found out that my car um, is going to take about three to four weeks to fix. Uh, they did give me a Model S um, as a loaner. Um, so, uh, but I have to say that I definitely prefer my Model 3. Um, Love my car. Anyway, I just wanted to take a few moments to explain my experience. Um, I appreciate everything that you do for a Tesla community. Um, and looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Great. Thank you. Marlon, I am very sorry to hear about your less than ideal experience so far. I, I empathize with the difficult situation you were in there. I, I'm glad they got you right into a Model S, but that still doesn't reflect well on them or when you're inevitably talking to your friends and family about this car that you waited two and a half years for. It doesn't necessarily reflect on you well either, right? That's that's what stinks. I mean, it can potentially be a little embarrassing. I mean, I, I understand that. I hope Tesla does a good job of at least keeping you updated on the status and the progress of your repair. Hopefully, it'll be done sooner than three to four weeks, but most importantly, I hope the car is repaired properly for you when you do get it back. Best of luck to you, Marlon. Thanks so much for calling in. Jeff from Dallas is up next. He got himself his 3D, his Model 3 dual motor, and uh, wanted to talk a little autopilot. Jeff, go ahead. Ryan, hi, it's Jeff from Dallas. Calling from uh, my new Model 3. Uh, it was an all-wheel drive. 
Uh, wanted to first give a shout out to the Dallas Service Center team uh, for taking care of uh, a couple little delivery issues, really primarily paint related, but uh, they've they've done an excellent job here in helping resolve those and uh, kind of you know make things uh, right and get things fixed. Uh, question I've got for you is whether or not you've noticed any difference between you know on the watt hours per mile. Uh, and efficiency as it relates to driving on autopilot versus your own trying to maximize and squeeze every little bit of energy out of it uh, in terms of efficiency. Uh, I've been surprised at autopilot seeming to perform more efficiently than me, and what that makes me think is that the system is using the regenerative braking and not simply applying the brake whenever it's slowing down or it's using some combination of it. Anyway, curious for your thoughts. Thanks. It's funny you bring this up, Jeff. I have thought about this very question as well, but I tell you, I flip autopilot on pretty much any time I get on the freeway, so I haven't tested it. I do think autopilot uses the friction brakes at some points when it probably could have avoided them, in my experience, but... In general, I agree, it does seem pretty efficient. A couple shows back when I was telling you about the best run that I've had yet in my car, that was with autopilot on for most of that, probably 95% of it, I would say. Uh, and, and by the way, congratulations on your delivery, and I'm really, really glad to hear that your service center took good care of you. Travis is next. He has had his 3D for a month and has some feedback on it. It's always good to hear. Travis, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, it's Travis, longtime listener and caller. I've had my dual motor Model 3 for about a month now and uh, it's great. I don't need to preach its virtues to this crowd, but I did have a few things that I've noticed that were areas for improvement that I thought I would talk about. First, regarding audio, there doesn't seem to be a great way to um, switch between audio sources without losing your place. So if I'm listening to this podcast and then I want to switch over to the radio and switch back, it doesn't maintain my place. It starts over. If I park the car, then when I come back to drive again, sometimes it maintains where I was, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I just got version 9 of the software and a few notes on that. Mostly having to do with um, detection of other vehicles. So other vehicles are now rendered... Uh, more accurately, instead of all just being little Teslas, they're all, you know, there's sedans, vans, trucks, not rendered in as much detail, but at least it kind of has a general idea of what sort of vehicle you're passing. Um, pedestrians, I haven't seen it detect yet, but um, the the other vehicles, it doesn't have a terribly accurate idea of where they are in relation to you. As I'm passing a car, it will often be shown to swerve suddenly into my car as I'm passing it, even though it's not really doing that. They often disappear for a second, apparently, as it's switching between which camera is detecting the other vehicle. Semis usually will appear as two different trucks in a row before merging into one truck. And then as I pass the semi, even though I'm just smoothly passing the the semi, um, the semi or tractor trailer, whatever you want to call it, will suddenly be shown uh, accelerating quickly and then disappearing. Um... And this all means that the blind spot detection isn't the most reliable. Um, so that's a good feature to have because, you know, it shows you as a safety feature or the lane marker turns red. If you turn on your turn signal and there's a car there, 
except it's really not reliable when I've tested it. Sometimes it doesn't do it at all. Sometimes it only turns red as I'm already about to pass the car. I think also once they do get that right, they ought to make it um, an audible tone instead of just a thing on the screen because you shouldn't be looking at your screen as you're trying to merge. So a few things, uh, areas still for improvement there. One fun thing that I noticed is that under the new consolidated menu, the phone icon, instead of being the standard receiver icon, is an old-fashioned phone with a mic stand and then a separate earpiece that you would hold and then hang up. And I thought that was just fun for that throwback uh, old-fashioned phone on such a modern piece of equipment as the Model 3. Kind of ironic. Also, the I've tried out the Atari games just for fun and uh, find them a little hard to control. And I thought we were also promised pole position, which... I was dismayed to see there was no driving game in there. So do you know if that is still in the running at some point? Okay, that's all I got. Thank you. All good feedback here, Travis. To your last question, I believe Elon did confirm pole position was coming, but just not in the first wave, as I, I think I might have touched on that last week. And yet, the uh, the old-fashioned phone icon is hilarious. Uh, One Easter egg, by the way, that makes it even funnier, and I want to make sure to give credit here. Credit goes to user uh, C-U-A-T-E. I'm not sure if that's Quate or uh, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but C-U-A-T-E 76 on the Tesla Motors Reddit is, it's this. If you hold your finger on the phone button, that old-fashioned phone icon, it changes the text below to Ahoy Hoy. Now, if you're like me and you have no idea what that means, here it is. And yes, I had to look it up. It's what Alexander Graham Bell's preferred greeting was for when you answered the phone. And I never knew that. So thanks to Tesla, I learned this new little historical, it's a historical fact. I was going to say like Easter egg, but it's a historical fact. Now to the rest of your notes, Uh, You and I are on the same page in a lot of ways, and I talked about some of that last week, so hopefully 9.1 will smooth out a lot of these minor rough edges, but on the whole, I do definitely think that V9 is a nice step forward. Thanks, Travis. Rob from Washington is coming up here and uh, wants to ask a camera-related Tesla question. Let's talk to Rob. Hi, Ryan. Rob from Anacortes, Washington, calling in. Love your show. appreciate it. And I was just wondering if you'd heard anything about the bird's eye view. I remember a year ago or so, um, there was talk about it. And now that version 9's out there with all the cameras working, it seems like they could stitch those together and get a top view. Uh, my wife's got it in her Highlander. Uh, the Bolt's got it, I just heard recently. So hopefully Tesla will bring that out. Uh, I just cringe now when my wife drives and tries to park the car. Anyway, again, love your show. Bye. Thanks for your call, Rob. I can't remember this ever being suggested by Elon or anyone else. I went and looked it up, and the closest thing I could find was a tweet from Elon in reply to someone else, and he said, Would give a dynamic 360-degree surround view as you're driving. Have this in developer mode can be a bit distracting, though. End quote. And he said that in reference to autopilot-based usage, not parking. So I think he's talking about while the car's moving of having multiple camera views up. So to be clear, I I definitely agree with you. I would love to see that in the future. And surely the array of cameras 
on all these cars could be put to better use while parking the car. So hopefully Tesla comes up with something good in the near future, something better than the than the current uh, thing, because these are big cars. They're kind of tricky to park. Even the Model 3 is big. Dave from Northeast Georgia is next. He actually has a, a reply to a caller from last week that both the caller and myself were confused about uh, whether or not autopilot can read speed limit signs. Dave is going to clarify this right now. Dave, take it away. Hey, Ryan. This is Dave from Northeast Georgia again. Um, I went back and listened to the uh, caller segment on episode 167 again and realized what the second caller was asking. This was about speed limits. Um, and he indicated that he remembered that uh, the Tesla vehicles would read the speed limit time. And he is correct for Autopilot 1 vehicles. Um, Autopilot 2 and 2.5 vehicles do not read speed limit times, at least not yet. Uh, at the moment, so this covers all Model 3s, um, at the moment they use a GPS database to determine uh, what the speed limit might be. And as you guys noted, it is frequently wrong. Uh, but if you have an Autopilot 1 vehicle, then it will read the speed limit sign and will adjust accordingly. Uh, so hope that helps um, clear up some confusion. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. So we weren't crazy then. Thank you, Dave. That does make perfect sense. It also gives me hope that one day Autopilot 2, or 2 Plus, I guess I should say, will actually read those signs live and on the fly, which would certainly make for a better autopilot experience. I appreciate you calling in, Dave, and also wanted to quick uh, give a hat tip to Jason from Tucson, Arizona, who also called in with this same information, called in a little later in the week, so I want to just play Dave's call, but also make sure, Jason, I know, uh, make sure you, that you know that I heard you, my friend. Let's stay in Georgia with Daryl in Atlanta, who is calling in from his brand new Blue Performance Model 3 and wanted to talk about that a little bit. Daryl, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Daryl from Atlanta. Longtime listener, first time caller. I am sitting in my beautiful deep blue metallic P3D, which I picked up on Friday. And I was giving test rides to friends and family all weekend and drove the battery down to 6% when I finally pulled into the local supercharger and charged back up. And I want to say thank you for making that free. I used your referral code and I wanted to say thank you for making a great podcast, one that's objective, informative, and positive and doesn't get caught up in the the drama around tesla but just tries to stay focused on uh the the great things that it's doing um while also being you know honest and realistic um with some of the challenges at times but anyway um i wanted to use your referral code as a thank you for the work you put into the podcast um but i have this amazing car i was a day one reservation holder and very happy to now be driving it two and a half years later thank you daryl thank you so much I, and i'll tell you i'm not playing this call to toot my own horn here but here's why it's to show once again how absolutely kind and wonderful that not just the tesla community in general is but specifically this little ride the lightning pocket 
within the Tesla community. I am I am so grateful for for everyone. This the three plus years that I've been doing this have just been incredible. And uh, it, it's it's honestly it's gotten better and better. Like every week, every month, it gets better and better. And Daryl, your call genuinely and truly made my day. And I, I thank you for those kind words, and for using my referral code. And uh, I mean, hey, thank you for helping me inch one step closer to as I'm calling it the impossible dream, aka the 2020 Roadster. It's uh, you know the I've I've gotten twenty something referrals here in the first. Oh, not quite three months I've had the car. So you guys are making this. So, so there might be a shot to have this impossible dream come true. But uh, Daryl, I'm I'm so glad to hear that you were having so much fun giving test rides in your car that you almost ran the battery dead. That would be uh, a funny story had you done. It wouldn't have been fun, I guess, at the time, but you would have looked back and got, I was having so much fun, I ran the battery down. But, it, you know, it just, it means you're having a great time. And, you know, I appreciate your support. And I hope that you're always driving that Performance Model 3 in good health. Let me get a couple of more questions in here before I hit the road. Uh, Gil from San Diego uh, wanted to comment on a couple of new autopilot-related features from V9. Gil, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Gil here from San Diego. I have a Model 3 that I picked up in April, long range, uh, but not uh, performance. Been loving it ever since. Uh, two things I wanted to uh, mention to you. First, have you noticed on version 9 that the cars at your sides and behind you, uh, they, they don't seem to have the sort of steady positioning even when everything's parked. So for instance, I've had it where cars, where I'm parked, there's cars all around me and everything sort of to my sides and behind me is kind of floating almost. I'm wondering if that's something that, that's a reason why uh, the nav uh, to autopilot isn't quite ready yet. The other thing I wanted to let you know is I got this great um, SanDisk uh, USB for the dash cam and it's tiny. It's almost flush with the... Uh, with with the the location it goes, so it, I just don't worry about it getting knocked out as much as, as the other ones. It's called the Ultra Fit, um, so just a, a nice option for the new uh, uh, requirements uh, for the dash cam. Thanks, enjoying the show a lot. Appreciate all your information. Thank you for the call, Gil. Yes, I have indeed had the same issues with the on-screen renders of the cars in V9. They they get jittery, kind of like the Matrix is glitching out. And sometimes they look like they're partially inside of your car. I certainly expect that that's going to get better over time, hopefully starting with 9.1, whenever whenever 9.1 does release. And uh, thank you for passing along the USB stick recommendation there. I looked up the one you were talking about on Amazon after I listened to your call, and you were not kidding, my friend. It is tiny. That is a tiny USB stick. And the 32 gig version of it, which is probably all you need. That's actually what I'm using right now is a 32 that I just had laying around. The 32 gig version of what you were talking about is uh, only 10 bucks. So can't beat that. Thanks, Gil. Uh, final call this week. The honor goes to Mike Z from Elmhurst, Illinois. Uh, wanted to talk badging. Let's talk to Mike. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Mike Z from Elmhurst, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Uh, was calling in, long-time listener, been listening to you since your Xbox days with uh, OXM, and uh, was calling from my uh, loaner Model S P85 on my way to work. Um, been a Model 3 owner for about two weeks now, 
and uh, my baby's in the shop getting a couple things done. I had some misalignment on one of the uh, passenger doors and then with the uh, the headlights, similar to your situation. Uh, but I was calling because I noticed something interesting when I went in for the service appointment. They had me scheduled to come in in January to get the uh, dual motor badging put on my vehicle. So I noticed that uh, none of the vehicles were getting that. Just thought uh, I'd let you know that it looks like they're still producing those and planning on putting those on the uh, dual motor Model 3s when they come out uh, at the beginning of next year. So I wasn't sure if you knew that or if anyone else heard about that, but uh, pretty cool. Looking forward to uh, getting that put on my vehicle when it comes out. Thanks for everything you do with the podcast. It's been uh, really entertaining and uh, excited to be part of the Tesla family. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Mike, and congratulations on your new Model 3. That is the first I've heard of anyone getting scheduled for a badge and or spoiler installation. I heard from a Tesla source this week that the first batch, the first run of spoilers just came in, but that source didn't know if they were going to go on to cars or not. And if you're if you're sitting there wondering, well, Ryan, what are you talking about? Why wouldn't they go on to cars? As, as uh, many of you may know with these things, there's always a test run to see if the client, in this case Tesla, is happy with the product. So Tesla's probably going to throw, throw those onto some cars. Uh, unless that has already happened, and these are actual production batches, I'm, I'm not quite sure, but it is still possible that these are effectively sort of release candidate spoilers that uh, Tesla will evaluate and make any final, you know, see if they want to make any final tweaks to it. But that same Tesla source also had not heard anything new on the badging front. So uh, maybe it is still further out than originally thought if they've got you on the calendar for installation in January. I mean, you know, hey, still, we'll get them eventually. Not a big deal. But uh, regardless, Mike, thank you so much. I appreciate you calling in with that tidbit. And thanks to all of you who called in. So many calls each week. It's great. I get to as many as I can here on the regular weekly show and uh, put the rest in the bank for either sometimes they roll over the following week, sometimes they go into the monthly Patreon-exclusive bonus episode of the show, but they pretty well all get used, and I super, super appreciate everybody calling in with your Tesla questions, comments, and discussion topics. So again, if you'd want to participate in the Ride the Lightning hotline, either record something on your smartphone, minute, minute and a half, and send it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, which can be reached anytime toll-free at 1-888-989-8752. Be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. Well, not a ton to report for you in the adventures of the Spirit of Adventure. I want to give a quick bit of feedback on version 9, in case anybody from Tesla is listening to this, and also maybe throw it out to you guys to see if this is something that bothers you or if it's just me. Uh, So there's one thing so far that I've found that I really, really don't like. And again, I'm acknowledging it may be specific to me, but when you put the car in reverse... The backup camera comes on the screen, of course. But if I go to any other menu with the car in reverse, and in my case, I need to go to the driving controls so that I can fold my mirrors in in order to back out of the garage once I've got the car lined up. You know, I have that super narrow garage door opening, so I have to fold those mirrors. The camera goes away. 
Uh, and when you when you press any other function, the backup camera goes away, even if the car is still in reverse. And then I have to manually turn the camera back on, but then it stays on and it doesn't go on again until I manually turn it back off. Uh, I'd realize this is absolutely like <laughs> well, I'm complaining about a, a, a fancy backup camera on on a Tesla. So <laughs> I realize I realize it's not the uh, the most pressing matter on the planet, but uh, it just it didn't used to be that way. I just wish that is that the the camera would be up. Even if you have another menu laid over it, that it, the camera would just stay up uh, there as long as the car is in reverse. So maybe, you know, this may not affect many of you because I realize it's probably not a ton of you have to uh, fold your mirrors in every time you want to go in and out of your garage. But that's my thing. Uh, and I would really like to see that <laughs> tweaked for, uh, for 9.1 or as soon as possible. And then the other thing I wanted to mention real quick is that uh, the USB splitter that I believe I mentioned last week that uh, uh, someone on my Instagram recommended. It's the Onvian brand. I, you know, it's just a pretty standard $6 USB splitter. Uh, works totally great to, to use the, uh, you know, the, be able to use the dash cam, the USB stick for the dash cam, and the right side of the uh Jada wireless charging mat that I've got in there to be able to use both of those at the same time. So if you're looking for it, search for Onvian, O-N-V-I-A-N. I mean, I'm sure other ones work too, but I'm just telling you this particular one works. Onvian USB splitter. It's $5.99 on Amazon. Uh, although the one bummer with the dash cam is, uh, which is a thing a lot of people seem to be running into is seemingly after it fills itself up, Seemingly, that's when it is. It it corrupts, so it stops recording, and you have to take it out, take it to the computer, format it again, and then put it back in the car. So I've had to do that a few times. It's actually knock on knock on wood. It's been working okay the last at least two days in my car. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's more of an intermittent thing and not as repeatable. But in any case, it's still cool to have the dash cam, and just wanted to pass along that little tidbit for those of you that might be interested. Okay. Uh, let me mention the plugs here. Patreon. If you enjoy what I do here on the podcast and you see fit to support it in any sort of monetary capacity, Patreon is a great way to do that. There's anywhere, basically anything you want to do, uh, in that department is on there. There are different tiers with different little rewards attached to them. So the website to go to to just see all that information, I don't want to explain, you know, I don't want to drag the whole show down anymore than I have to here at the end. It's uh, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Abstractocean.com is an excellent source of Tesla accessories for your car and for you as well. Whether you're shopping for the upgraded interior LED lighting kits that are nice, they're much brighter than the what's in the car, whether you want to do the puddle lights, the tempered glass screen protector for the Model 3, the center console wrap. You know, I, I told you I wrap mine. Uh, Jeff and Immaculate Reflections did mine with just a, a satin uh, paint protection film so that it's got kind of the same look, but 
doesn't have a fingerprint or scratching problem anymore. Well, Abstract Ocean's got some different uh, textured. So they've got one that looks, that's a, uh, a carbon fiber look. They've got a few different ones over there. So take a look at what they've got, abstractocean.com. I mentioned them simply because they are kind enough to continue running that promotion where first time customers at Abstract Ocean use it. They have a referral code that you guys can use for a 15% discount. That code is RTL Podcast. All one word, RTL Podcast. Throw that in at checkout and get yourself that discount if you're shopping at Abstract Ocean. And as I mentioned, Immaculate Reflections, Jeff took excellent care of me in detailing and paint protection filming my car. So if you are interested in any in that service or, or anything else, uh, any specific detail-minded thing you've got in mind with your car, if you're in the Bay Area or taking delivery of your car here in the Bay Area, uh, Jeff can help you out. Look up his website at IR, in other words, Immaculate Reflections, irdetailing.com. You can also look him up on Yelp or Instagram at, you know, yelp.com, instagram.com slash immaculate underscore reflections. Uh, as I mentioned, you can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you have some questions before you're ordering, maybe you're, you're thinking about ordering with this mid-range option, if there's anything you want to talk through, I am here for you. You guys know I love talking about Tesla, so please feel free to reach out to me. Consider me a resource. Uh, there's my Twitter, at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing on Instagram. Instagram is DMC underscore Ryan as well. I mentioned my referral code earlier in the show. Uh, the Jada Wireless Charging Pad. Don't have a discount for you there, unfortunately, but... If you if, uh, full transparency, if you do buy one, I'd appreciate it if you would buy it using the link that that the Jada folks gave me because uh, they give me a couple bucks out of each one as a little referral. So that link, if you type in get Jada J E D A getjada.com slash R E F slash eight, that will take you to the Jada website with uh, with my referral there, which uh, like I said will. We'll throw a couple bucks my way if you buy one. So super appreciate that in advance. And finally, I just want to talk about a thank you for the Patreon producers, the kind folks who support the podcast every month at the producer level. Uh, and they, as one of their perks, they get their names mentioned at the end of every show. As most of you probably know by now, I'm going to read from back to front this time. Uh, and that list is EV Raps. Cookie UK, which is uh, JC at ev-alliance.co.uk, Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Scott Gillis, Bill Royko, Rick Sinta, Brian Hope, Jerry and Mary Smith, Gabriel Salais, Luke Miles, David Nondahl, Eric Randolph, Luke A. Uh, by the way, super awesome meeting Luke. We got to have lunch. He was in town this week. I love meeting you guys face to face. It is super fun to put the faces to the voices, or if you just you know you haven't called, it doesn't matter if you've called in or email, whatever. Just it's fun talking to people who who actually listen to this. It's it's just surreal to me. Like oh, people actually listen to this and they wanna they wanna sit down and talk Tesla. It's great. So great meeting you, Luke, Ulrich Lassa, David Vakil, Rome Strack. Kenneth Martin, Harold Plug, Peter Chalet, Lars Hoffman, Lee Sweet, Marcus Mayenshine, Tim Hyde, Emotion Rentals, Jason Chalukas, Robert Maracle, Michael Lester, Matthew Para, Logan Willis, Alexi Heft, 
Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassioppo, Wolfgang Obergen, Pete White, DJ Harbaugh, and Paul Hussey. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. That wraps it up for the 168th edition of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. The puppy sleeps. I'm going to join her here as soon as I uh, finish editing this thing and get it published for you, get it posted on Patreon and locked and loaded for its usual wide distribution at at, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Thank you all so, so much for listening. Uh, It's Man, this was a fun week, man. When when all the mid-range stuff just broke out of nowhere last night as I record this, Thursday night, and it's just like I'm just devouring all the information and writing down my thoughts and notes and questions and sadly didn't hear back from Elon on the the performance 0 to 60 time thing. Hopefully we'll get that resolved soon, but it's great. It's just great to see the the Model 3 become even more accessible. Yeah, we're still waiting for standard battery, but at least this is a step in the right direction, getting that base price down a bit. So great stuff. Lots of exciting stuff this week. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, time is, as I've always liked to say, in my opinion, our most valuable resource. You cannot make any more of it. So the fact that you would choose to spend some of your time each and every week listening to me here on this podcast discussing the world of Tesla really, really means a lot to me. I don't take it for granted. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you guys next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun.